I wonder if you noticed that the angel, uh, when he greeted the mother of Jesus, said what ministers are supposed to say. The Lord is with you. Uh, but Mary missed it. We shouldn't be surprised. This happens uh, a lot with words. In fact, it happened even to the word greeting, which was there in the text. If you want to refer to it, it's uh, Luke 1.28. Joyce read it for us earlier from page 830. Actually, it was Mike read it, uh, 831 of the Pew Bible, our second lesson. The angel said to Mary, uh, greetings, or hail, some translations say. In fact, the particular word there really means rejoice. But apparently, it had been used so much that in that culture over time, the sense of joy had just gotten rubbed off of it. And it became just a common greeting, rejoice. Eventually, they didn't really mean anything by it other than it just, hey. So the angel says, hey. But what about the joy? What about the reality behind the words? I wonder if something similar hasn't happened with our Merry Christmas. What are we saying? Christ? Mass? Mary? What's the reality behind those words? What if the angel just wants this young Mary to have joy? St. Luke tells us she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. To the writer David Foster Wallace, the words that we use at an AA meeting seemed hopelessly trite. You know, keep coming, easy does it, live and let live, one day at a time, bland, banal words. In the teeth of addiction's terror, how could words like this really make a difference? And yet Wallace notes, the only people who six or 12 months later weren't dying face down in the streets were what he called the old crocodiles with styrofoam cups and trite words. What if he thought something becomes trite because it's been repeated? And what if it's been repeated because it's changed lives? And what if it's changed lives because there's a reality behind the words? Maybe, Wallace writes, the more vapid the cliche, the sharper the canines of the real truth it covers. It's easy to feel something similar about the Christmas words, that they're worn and tired, that they're from another time and place, from an age of visions and charms, less informed than ours, more credulous than ours, like magic bells and flying reindeer. They might be good for children or good for a night, like a box of Franz chocolates. But they are just words, aren't they? And after all, like the night, they too will pass. But we wish they wouldn't, don't we? They are such beautiful words. Silent night, weary world rejoices. Goodwill toward men, dawn of redeeming grace, God and sinner reconciled. Prince of Peace, born in us today.
would that these words could be true, that they were more than words, that when we awake, they would still be with us, that somehow they would be the headlines in tomorrow's news. Oh, if we could, we would give ourselves over wholly to words such as these. I would, wouldn't you? And maybe that's at least the beginning of believing. Not to know the words are true, but even to wish that they might be. When the angel greets Mary, she struggles with the words. Greetings, rejoice. The angel said to her, the Lord is with you. St. Luke tells us she was agitated. She was much perplexed by his words, he writes, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The Lord is with me? She's profoundly vulnerable. She's an adolescent, a young woman in a man's world. She's about to be in crisis to lose her husband, to be cast out in shame, maybe even to lose her life. She's actually like all the women that we've been studying these last four weeks here at UPC, the women in Matthew's genealogy of Jesus. They were all at great risk and pushed to the margin. The widow, the harlot, the immigrant, the mourner. But as we saw, even in crisis, the Lord was with them. Oh, Mary, Dear, sweet Mary, pay attention to the words. Have you not been taught that words matter? Because God is not silent. God is a speaking God. Remember, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. We live in a world, therefore, made by words, words that still come. The word of the Lord came to so-and-so. Words that change history. The word of the Lord was fulfilled in such and such a day. Words with power. As the psalmist writes, the word of the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. And personal words. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your people, Mary, treasured God's words memorized them, repeated them, reduced them to writing, believed them, obeyed them, and found in them life. They call this book the Word of God. A girl pulled out a book on an airplane one day, and the man next to her asked, what are you reading? And she said, oh, this is the Bible. You read the Bible? Sure, she said. Well, you don't really believe all that stuff in there, do you? All that stuff about walking on water or coming back from the dead. You don't really believe that Jonah lived for three days in the belly of a whale, do you? She said, I, I don't know. When I get to heaven, I'll ask him. Well, he said, what if he's not in heaven? Then she said, well, then you can ask him. Yes, we are skeptical. Like Mary, it's hard to believe words like these mean anything at all. 
we speak 16,000 words a day. Words swirl around our heads. Digital words constantly pass through our bodies even now. We are the most marketed to generation in the history of the planet. Words are twisted, words are broken. And yet we want to believe these words. The Lord is with you. Dan Savage is a Seattle sex columnist who would never call himself a believer. Actually, he calls himself an agnostatheist. In a chillingly beautiful piece he shares with Ira Glass in This American Life, Dan Savage tells the story of how he dropped out of church, came out to his Catholic mother, and developed an immunity to religion. But since his mother's death, things have been changing for Dan. He started visiting St. James Cathedral here on First Hill. He says, I visit St. James like an addict drops by a crack house. It's not even a time for service. Weekly, he goes. He sits alone in the dark in the afternoon. Fantasizing, he says, about returning to the confessional. I might say, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. It's been 29 years since my last confession. Hope you packed a lunch. <laughs> Why is it that even when we're not sure we believe or that it's okay to believe, we yearn for something sacred? Maybe it's because there really is something behind the words, something we can't rationalize, something we can't control, but something without which we somehow can't seem to live. Something wild and terrifying and beautiful. The Lord is with you. The angel says to poor Mary in verse 37, nothing will be impossible with God. Literally, that means no word from God will ever be without power. This is why Mary responds, let it be to me according to your word. And now, even in the upheaval of her crisis, the joy comes. The joy is beginning to break in through this greeting. Rejoice. She's getting it. And it's not just for Mary. For there are two greetings here. In the next scene, we read in verse 41, when Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, the child John leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Clearly for Luke, this is a preview of Pentecost, where the Word of God comes together with the Spirit of God on all who hear and believe, and it's evidence for them that no word from God will ever be without power. The Lord is with you. He is. This is the testimony of Mary. With all her unbelief, she gives in to her belief. This is the testimony of Elizabeth as she bows in wonder before the sacred womb. This is the testimony of Saint Luke 
who tells us in chapter one that he has undertaken a careful investigation and interviewed eyewitnesses so that we may know the truth. And brothers and sisters, this is my testimony. I didn't grow up in a religious family, but had a sense of justice and a yearning for beauty and an experience of love, none of which quite made sense to me until one day as a young adult, the word of God came to me too. And ever since, Jesus has never disappointed me. He's frightened me, challenged me, but never disappointed. Over time, I've come to know his love and faithful presence in my life to be the truest and most powerful of all realities. And this is our testimony here at UPC. I've been amazed at what Jesus is doing in this community just over the last year. We gather in small groups around the city to help one another hear, understand, believe, and share the word of God. We've seen students loved, poverty alleviated, people healed, marriages restored, peace in anxiety, unity in difference, immigrants welcomed, and churches that had been historically divided by race joined together. Great Seattle churches. Just last month, 900 of us in one night in this room, Chinese, African-American, Caucasian, and many others. Miracles, all of it. And we've got a new vision, articulation, coming next year on March 10th. I can't wait to share with you how Jesus is leading our church into a new way of being the church. The Lord is with us. These aren't just trite words. Well, it's easy to throw words around, but what if they've endured because they have power? Words like, he is risen. Words like, you are forgiven. Words like, God loves you. Words like you are a new creation. Words like you are being renewed in the image of Christ. Words like be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe these words speak to us because they're true. Because behind them, there is a greater reality that when we listen, has the power to change our lives too. The Lord is with you also. That's what this is all about. That's why we make such a big fuss of Christmas Eve, because the word is a person. It's because we have a living, loving, personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the creator of time and space, the king, God of heaven and earth, the word of God made flesh. And we want you to know him too. We want you to have a peace that surpasses understanding because you know him. And then no matter how tough your crisis, you are deeply loved and never alone, never alone. So finally, let's see if the minister can get it right this time. 
If you wanna receive the greeting of heaven tonight with all of your belief and unbelief, if you wanna share it with someone next to you, let's say it out loud. I'll start and then you can respond by saying, and also with you. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is with you. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are we? Who are we that you would pursue us? That you would leave the comforts and glory of eternal heaven to stoop into time and space, to bend as a servant to our lostness. That you would take upon yourself the vulnerability of human infancy. Like a shepherd, you leave the 99 behind to come and find the one lost sheep, and you have found me, and you have found us. We are that sheep. Oh, we thank you for the depth of your love. We pray that you will mark this night in our lives as the day that we offered to all that we know of you, all that we know of ourselves. In Christ's name we pray, amen.